Mike Seibert Radio is an independently produced podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any other broadcasting entities that either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind each and every week, sometimes a couple times a week. <laughs> um, if you want to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram, and the mailbag is MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. And before we get into today's very special episode covering Blade Runner 2049 with special guest host Killing Spree, I want to give a couple warnings. One, this is a full spoilers discussion, so if you haven't seen the movie yet and don't want certain plot points spoiled for you, well then, come back and listen to this after you have seen Blade Runner 2049, and incidentally, go find it, go see it. See it on the biggest screen possible, um, because it's uh, it's pretty darn cool, as uh, as you will hear us discuss. Uh, but with uh, regards to spoilers, there will be no further warnings given, so spoiler alert! Um, and uh, two, we swear a lot. So um, if you're listening to this at work, you might want to put in your earphones and consider this to be NSFW. And uh, lastly, I want to thank KGRG for uh, letting a couple alumni, uh, myself and Killing Spree, come in and use one of their studios to record and swear and talk about nerdy movies. Uh, We really appreciate it. And um, also, uh, their fall pledge drive is happening now so if you want to help them keep flying and helping folks like myself and Killing Spree uh, share our voices with you uh, head over to KGRG.com and click on the donate tab now on with the show it's quarter to three I missed you, baby sweet. There's no one in the place. It was a day, hmm? Except you and me. It was a day. Humanity cannot survive. Replicants are the future of the species. But I can only make so many. He's got every gun in the city. I've got you. We have to stop him. What do you want? I thought you might be able to help me with the case. He's constructing an army. Tell me what you remember. Everything. They know you're here. He's on your tail. Coming with you. What's the plan? We don't run. 
You do not know what pain is yet. You will learn. This is actually a uh, homecoming of sorts because we are here in the studio of KGRG One, your classic alternative, uh, KGRG's uh, FM, uh, AM, and uh, online radio station. I am uh, uh, joined here in the booth by my good buddy, the Dark One himself, Killing Spree. Yo, I'm that guy that keeps getting shout-outs on Mike's show, but (laughs) doesn't do anything. So I was like... I, you keep talking about this guy, but all he does is bullshit on Twitter. Yeah, no, no shit. Well, and it's funny because, like, you know, um, uh, first of all, thank you for listening. Yeah. Because, like, you know, if uh, uh, the the stuff that you say and remark on, it's like, wait, a minute, he would only know that if he listened to the episode. And uh, and so I guess I owe you an apology for <laughs> having to listen to that. <laughs> Yeah, your weak ass slayer yell. Oh my God! Yeah, see that that may be something we have to do before we uh, before we call it a day. There, maybe at the end, that way I don't blow up my voice because bef- I don't know how long this is going to take. Yeah, no shit. Because well, you know, we're probably going to talk about as long as uh, the movie is. Um, we are, of course, talking about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. This was an idea you had. Oh, I want to say, uh, what six months ago? Whenever like some of the trailers were coming out, I I don't know if we were gonna plan. We were planning on doing Blade Runner, but it was kind of like a thing. Every once in a while, we'd get together and do a uh, a podcast about a particular movie, like we've done mm-hmm. uh, the last two Disney Star Wars, uh, right. Kong, Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. and then some other stuff. Yeah. So like when when Ghost in the Shell. Uh, came out. Was there already a trailer for Blade Runner? Because I, I, for some reason, I seem to remember that um, there might it, have been, or it came out shortly thereafter. Ah, okay, okay. So um, you, uh, you saw the movie. Uh, I saw it opening weekend. Yeah, you, you saw it first. I only recently saw it. Oh, so it's the story is probably fresher in your mind than it is my. Mine <laughs> relatively, but it is a three-hour movie, so there, there was a there was a lot to um, absorb there. And I think I think what we're going to do is just kind of talk about um, uh, you know what what we thought about it um, because I think you know and and we've been kind of keeping to ourselves opinion wise. Well, I think it will be kind of interesting to see where we kind of well, but, uh, diverge. But before a we go bit. into that, yeah, 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 just kind of get a framing. How do you feel about? The original Blade Runner, and what you what were you expecting going into twenty forty nine? Oh, I uh, that's a great place to start. Here's the thing, I um I don't particularly like Blade Runner, the no. original. Okay. Um, I saw it. I think I saw it too young because yeah, it I came out like what the eighties or yeah, it came out in eighty two. And, you know, I mean, I, I saw it on video or HBO or TV or something. I mean, you know, obviously I would have been too young to see it in the theater, but I saw it already with an awareness of Harrison Ford as not only Han Solo, but also as Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. So I was going into it with that kind of expectation. I think, you know, because I, I always liked uh, science fiction. You know, it's like, oh, you know, there, there's flying cars and and. Ray- guns and you know this is going to be cool and robots 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who doesn't love a robot movie? Yeah. Um, so I think that's what I was expecting. I think I was expecting more space opera. And instead, I've got, I got like this contemplative, atmospheric type um, head fuck movie. Yeah. And... And and I think I never really got over that first impression. I always felt that it was dense, maybe a little pretentious, um, uh, way up its own ass in terms of philosophy. And I don't know. I, 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 I was really thinking about this recently. I don't know if I have um, I don't know if I've, I've actually seen the final cut. I literally don't remember if I've seen it or not. Okay. Well, um, well, the one you saw, did it have a unicorn running around? Um, see, here's the thing. I uh, Maybe. I mean, okay. see, well, I mean, I have so much, like, pop culture osmosis awareness right. of things. I mean, so it's like, you know, I, I, I'm sure I've seen, well, I know I've seen the theatrical cut, but I don't know if I've seen anything beyond that. It's like I seem to remember seeing something without uh, uh, narration in it, but it's it's foggy. My my point being is that I haven't seen any cut of the movie in I would say at least fifteen years. Okay, so it's it's been that long. But that being said, I didn't really prejudice that against my excitement for twenty forty nine because like when I first saw that trailer, that that very first one where it's you know it's very sparse, not a whole lot going on. Um, it's just really a teaser to say, hey, we're going to have a movie. That was enough to get me because they almost kind of did what they did for uh, Force Awakens, where you get like just enough Harrison Ford to know that, oh, cool. OK, so uh, the, the Harrison Ford fa- farewell tour continues. And when he kind of steps out of the shadows with the blaster, it was almost like a Chewie we're home type thing. And I'm like. I'm going to watch this. I, you know, I, it just, yeah, I, I, I wasn't turned off for the sequel because of my prejudice against the original. Okay. So, uh, for me, I enjoyed the original well enough, but there's, I have issues with various cuts like, uh, yeah, like, uh, the final cut. I don't like the, uh, is death Deckard a replicant nonsense. Because I think right. Deckard being a replicant hurts the story overall. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the uh, the theatrical cut or the international cut, I don't really care for the happy ending that was very much tacked on. Okay. So basically, it's like, there's no perfect cut for me. Right, because the theatrical cut has, like, all that junky narration well, and, and all the other... I, I'm in the minority, though. I I appreciate the, the narration because it, okay. helps, it helps give Blade Runner that film noir uh, atmosphere to it. Good point. Well, obviously, it could have been done better. I think Harrison Ford was like, "Now nah, this sucks. Why are we doing this? This is stupid. I'm going to half-ass it. Yeah. They'll get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, and I don't mean to interrupt you too much, but, I mean, this was, like, just before it was released in theaters, I think. It was, like, way an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the, the monologues and the, the happy ending, those were very much tacked on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the original, but it's not like my it's not one of my favorite sci-fi flicks like uh, Jurassic Park or Planet of the Apes or Alien. Right. But d- definitely appre- appreciate it for what it is. Okay. Now, going into Blade uh, 2049, mm-hmm. I had uh, the same expectation I had going into Jurassic World, just really low. Oh. Because it felt like, it was like, this is probably just going to be a ca- cash grab. Yeah. 
So, so with that, did it meet expectations? That's that's a great question. I think that's that's where I think the conversation is going to get really interesting because my uh, my expectations for the movie are kind of intrinsically linked to my movie watching experience, and, and I'll and I'll get to that in a hot minute. Um, I I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations going into it. It's like I just knew it looked like it was going to be a cool movie, um, but I was um, uh, reluctant given the running time. You know, it's like, it's like, wait a minute, 160 minutes. This movie's almost three hours. What are we doing? But then I saw some, uh, some of the reviews and a lot of them were, um, glowingly positive. But the one thing, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say almost all of them were glowing. Absolutely. In fact, I was kind of hard pressed to find negative reviews and the negative reviews. Oh, I'll, I link saw... you, I'll link you to a really negative one. Oh, after really? this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but, but the, uh, the, um, the consensus was don't be intimidated by the runtime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'll take you guys' word for it. And what we ended up doing, my wife and I saw it um, on a on a uh, early, um, uh, it was a late morning. And what had happened was uh, she had uh, to take her vehicle in to get serviced, like a, a part had been uh, recalled or something like that. So it was like you take the, the car to the dealership and they have to deal with it all day long. It's like, well, how long is it going to be? It's like, we, we need the whole day for it. So we planned this ahead ahead and decided to make a whole day out of it. We dropped the car off, we had um, a late breakfast, and then sat down and watched Blade Runner because our specific agenda was to find a movie that was long enough to take us through <laughs> the entire day. So what and where why that becomes important is because that's what my expectation was. My expectation was to have this experience kill off my entire day. And, You're just looking for a time killer. Exactly. And so in that regard, I got what I was looking for plus a whole lot more. I really liked this movie. Okay. I, I like it a lot, way more than I was expecting to. I was thinking I was going to be falling asleep, going to the bathroom all the time. We even got the large popcorn so we could get the refill on it. I mean, we were prepared, and it ended up blowing my hair back in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, for me... Like I said earlier, I went in with low expectations, like with Jurassic World. But mm-hmm. unlike Jurassic World, I did not come out loving this movie. Okay. I came out frustrated with it. Okay. Almost, I would say 2049 is to me what Batman versus Superman is to you. Really? Yeah. See, I, I had a feeling that you were going to land on the negative spectrum because I saw some uh, uh, tweets talking about the runtime. It's like, yep, well, it's a long yep. movie. Yeah, I said... Not only is it long, it feels long. That's what it was. That's that's right. That's what it was. It feels long. And and I saw that tweet, and I, I, I don't remember if it was the day we saw it or so, something to where it's like, hmm, well, that kind of flies in the face of kind of what I've seen. It's like, don't be bothered by the wrong time. Meanwhile, I've got Killing Spree over here like, it feels long. I'm just a... Kind of give a little framework yeah, or not framework context, but yeah. I'm not one of those guys that are that can't stand a long movie or. Right. I, I I 
thoroughly enjoy Alien, and that is a slow burn. It, it is a slow movie. And I and I and I like uh, tw- uh, 2001 Space Oddity. That's a really long short uh, movie where it's just a lot of nothing going on. Yeah, see, and and that's something that's really ironic because I think we've had some conversations like this before, and like I I traditionally have a a shorter attention span. I uh, that's kind of why I like Star Wars movies. You know, it's kind of faster, more intense, and all that all that other stuff. Whereas, uh, you know, like I I can't I can't do two thousand one. It's too slow for me. Right. Um, Alien, I I can I can do once. Every fistful of years, um, and and Blade Runner was the same thing. It's like I I was surprised to go back and find out that the runtime of the original Blade Runner is only a titch over two hours. Yeah, it's not a long movie, but but you perceive it, or I I'm sorry, I perceive it to be like super long because it's so deliberately paced and slow and and plodding. Um, so so yeah, it's like we've almost like like switched places here. It's like. I, I, I had a feeling this was going to be like a Rogue One where you were you enjoyed it uh-huh. and I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, and but I, I think this is a little tenfold. Well, and I that <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's a that's a really good point. So, um, actually, so before before we get into uh, uh, some of the meat of some of the things, um, you you said you uh, saw it on opening weekend. Yeah. So what what was kind of the vibe? Was it like a packed house? Was uh, it didn't? Well, when me and my friend walked in, it didn't look like it was packed. Mm-hmm. And honestly, actually, I don't think it got packed any much anywhere because of how badly it did in the uh, the box office. Yeah, and, and that and that's the thing about um, this movie is a certifiable flop. Uh, like I yeah. I just uh, read an article uh, uh, a little bit ago. Like um, it was like okay, well let's see how it does overseas. Fucking China tank- did not save it. No, no, it tanked in China. That 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 fucking Geostorm movie did better than Blade Runner in China. Yeah, I was talking a little shit uh, when it, when it was announced that Blade Runner did badly in China. It's like that's weird. Usually, these big dumb sci-fi or CGI heavy movies do well in China. Yeah, why do you think we keep getting Transformer movies? Exactly. Ch- I mean, China eats or the Chinese market eats it up. Oh, they they love that shit. I mean, I mean that's how we're getting another Pacific Rim movie. Well. I like the first one, so bugger off. <laughs> I I don't dislike it. I I'm I'm kind of like, it, but it's one of those things where like I've since watched it a couple times, and to me, Pacific Rim feels a lot like Tron Legacy does. It's like I keep watching it, hoping it gets better, and it doesn't. Well, it's like it's it's okay. Pacific Rim, it's not to get horribly off topic, right? but it's, uh, <laughs> it's it knows what it is. It's a big dumb monster movie. Totally, and and I do I I love it for that, and I um, um, appreciate it for that. But um, so with a with your uh, uh, theater going experience, yeah, uh, you said it was uh, you know kind of a, kind of it a did, lighthouse, and it didn't look packed. But I I think me and my friend we went to one of those uh, special screens, but we didn't realize it. It was like oh, I was like oh, this is why the tickets were so so damn expensive. It was like. Uh, Oh, is what, it like whatever it is that uh, Cinemarks does? It's oh, like, uh, XD. Yeah, where, where we, went, we went to one of those where like the speakers are obnoxiously loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, God, I, oh god, that reminds me. Of my when we, uh, when we went into the theater, my friend was like, "Oh god, this 
I hope it's not too loud. And the Star Wars trailer came up. <laughs> just, I can't remember which part of it, but it just had this really loud boom. Yeah. It's just like, oh, damn it. That is bone rattlingly loud. And sometimes that that's worth it. Like we've we've seen a couple uh, movies in in the XD generally because like it's the most favorable showtime. It's like oh fine we'll we'll throw an extra couple bucks at it whatever. I imagine something like Jurassic Park would be amazing in that just the T Rex roar alone. Oh totally yeah yeah. Um, don't see Dark Tower in that though. That that was I heard it was a bad movie to begin with. Oh it's wretched. <laughs> it's, it, yeah it, it's bad. Um, okay so what does uh, it say about Blade Runner that we're just going off topic constantly? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just you and I, though. I think. Well, well yeah, yeah, that probably is. Actually, that's probably just me more than anything, because it's shiny object. Um, but, but again, that the the reason why I wanted to kind of uh, paint that picture a little bit is because I think maybe the theater going experience kind of colors people's perceptions of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like we sat and like you know these. Uh, uh, we saw it at the Regal in Auburn with the the recliners, just like at the Century in Federal Way. I, I think they, they all have recliners now. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I run into somebody that says, oh, well, we went to the theater with the recliners. I'm like, yeah, isn't that like all of them anymore? Yeah. Y- yours doesn't? You okay? Maybe like maybe like the two do- those $2 theaters, but... Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so, you know, we had comfy chairs, and, and yeah, we, the, the, the words that I, I think I'm going to overuse, so, uh, those of you, uh, listening at home, if you are going to play the, the shitlords and friends drinking game, anytime I say, um, immersive and atmospheric, uh, you, you will, you will probably need medical attention by the time we're done with this. If you want to kill your liver. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, for me, that's, what this movie was it was uh the the pacing felt um deliberate and it was um all about atmosphere and i i felt immediately from like the the first few frames i just felt like i was um uh immersed in this world mm-hmm. and it it got my attention right away and it just uh, for some reason, it's just something about it just really grabbed a hold of my attention, yeah. and I was totally invested in in the world and the characters. Yeah, I'll give the movie credit; it does look pretty. Yeah, but so did Prometheus, and so did Alien Covenant, and yeah, and those three movies. There, to me, their stories were just like you're you're trying to be convoluted for the sake of being convoluted, but it's you're just. Just shoot me in the head is stupid. See that, and that's interesting because I. I think that the simplicity of the plot in uh, 2049 is what makes the the um, uh, more deliberate pace work. Because I think one of the reasons why I uh, don't like the original Blade Runner is it's 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 a little too heady mm-hmm. and it's it, it's dense. Whereas with this, it's you know the the plot is pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, I think this is where we're. Why we're so opposite? We're uh-huh. just because of uh, our feelings on the original Blade Runner. Yeah. Because what I love about Blade Runner is its uh, show don't tell approach to storytelling. Whereas okay. twenty forty nine, there's a couple of spots where the movie just stops to tell remind the audience, hey, this is what's been going on. I mean, how many times did we have to rehear Batista? You've never witnessed a miracle. Yeah, th- that's a good point. That that was a lot. And then and then old Cyclops explaining, <laughs> oh, you think you're the baby. You think you're the fuck child? Yeah, you know what though? I uh I I I will admit this. I I 
much like Ryan Gosling's character, I totally bought into that. I really thought it was him. I because because that's what the movie is, and and basically that was the thing. I just allowed the movie to kind of guide me where it wanted to go. I didn't really think too much on it, and I think it's because of all that exposition. It's just like, oh, cool. I'm just I'm just kind of on this ride. Well, that's cool. I I I don't want to say I saw it from a mile away, but I I suspected heavily that yeah. there's going to be a twist. Kay's going to think he's the child, but no, it's not going to be him. Mm-hmm. I, but I'm not totally sure, so let's just see where it goes. And then the second. That he, that Cyclops said, "You're not the child." I was like, "Oh, it's the Dream Maker or the Memory Maker. She's the child." Because yeah, because it was really quick to put the uh, pieces together. Like, why was she crying when she saw the memory? He's like, "Oh, duh." Yeah, and, and especially with uh, the specific line of like the um, uh, the real. Uh, what, what's the line there? It was like like the the uh, real ones are the best or some such like that. I, I, it doesn't matter. I, I can't remember. <laughs> you know, I, I'd say I was going to edit that out, but I'm totally not because I just can't be bothered. Yeah. But um, so I don't know. So so one of one of the things that um, I felt about this movie is that everybody is acting their ass off. Mm-hmm. I um, even even um, Harrison Ford, who is you know, kind of notorious for phoning it in, I felt that he brought to Deckard what he brought to Han Solo in in uh, okay. in Force Awakens. I think Again, I think it's the Harrison Ford farewell tour. And, you know, maybe if he gets to do Indiana Jones one more time. I hope not. I hope not. But you could, I think if you take kind of what he's doing in Blade Runner 2049 and what he did in Force Awakens and have him be a... Um, almost an an auxiliary supporting character. I don't think you could do that with Indy, though. I I don't disagree. I don't have a solution, but I think like if he's he, if he's doing something where he doesn't have to carry the entire movie on his back, you can you can get a friggin' good performance out of out of Harrison right. Ford. But, but since we're on the actors, uh, why am I supposed to be stoked on Jared Leto? I mean, I think this yeah. is the first movie I've seen with him in it, at least that I can remember, because mm-hmm. I skipped suicide squad right but why am i supposed to care yeah you know what he, and he if he's supposed to be the antagonist of this movie he was a piss poor antagonist yeah and and kind of disappears from the movie too i mean he wasn't like uh 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 rucker i'm butchering his name oh, but, oh rucker howard from, rucker from howard, the oh from the first who one. played roy yeah he stole that movie absolutely yeah, and and that's that's one of those things where your um you know hero is only as good as their villain type of thing, um, but there's there no uh, compelling villain in this movie. I agree, and I think I think the conflict is um, kind of more in the, um, for lack of a better term. Uh, interpersonal character conflicts and a lot of the existential stuff there there yeah if if this is a movie about heroes and villains then yeah it, it definitely falls short on that but i think that this um story wise is kind of a better rumination on the nature of um, humanity and like you know what what makes you human more so than I think the first Blade Runner movie did. Well, because the, the, those were just robots gone bad. Yeah, but with Blade, the original Blade Runner again, it, it did a better job. It was 
it was showing its story. It wasn't telling it. Whereas True. this one, it very much told it. Like there was a lot yeah. with uh, K's supervisors. Like you've been getting along so far fine without one. It's like what a soul. It's like yeah. How how much harder could you hit something on the nose? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know you're totally right that it's on um, uh, the total. Ex- um, uh, not exhibition, Jesus Christ. Exposition, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, totally on the exposition train. But I also read those as good performance moments. Like, uh, one, one of the biggest criticisms is that uh, Ryan Gosling doesn't have any uh, screen presence and that he's not charismatic. And for me, at least, that's kind of the point, I think. Well, well I was thinking about that as like, he sh- he shows no real emotion, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, maybe it's because he's a robot. But then I thought about the replicants from the original Blade Runner. It's like they emoted, yeah. So it's like, well, what's is this? Is this particular model? Uh, I, th- I think it's like a Nexus Nine or whatever that case supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, I think purpo- so. I don't. Are they purposely emotion motionless or? Tough to say, and and you know, for as much exposition as there is in this movie, they you know they, they kind of leave that um, a little vague. But uh, what did what did you think about uh, Ryan Gosling's performance? Just uh, him as an actor, or the he, character. He, he just felt like he was there. Like he okay. Like he, I wasn't bothered, but I wasn't like I didn't gravitate towards him. Okay. Do you um do you think then? That that's a character that's a good um, uh, companion character for the audience. Like, basically, we're experiencing this uh, world through him. Maybe, but uh, but that was Luke Skywalker in the original Star Wars. Yeah. And, he, he, and he, he was very charismatic. True. And also, same with uh, uh, the characters from Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Like, you, they had character. Mm-hmm. They weren't just... They just weren't the uh, side characters or whatever. They they were just standing there or maybe having like one or two lines. Gotcha. It's just I didn't feel the need to care. Okay. See, and and I don't know. I I um I'm kind of a uh, Gosling apologist. Mm-hmm. Like I I kind of like him as an actor. Um, cause like one um he plays a character very similar to this in a movie called Drive. And he's, you know, very one note, very stoic, kind of emotionless. And so, I mean, you know, he he would be good in like a Terminator movie or something because he he uh, has kind of like just that that kind of blank cipher. Um, oh, like being like a T-800 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just kind of like, you know, mecha- I, I just landed on that just now. But but yeah, I mean, um, I don't think this particular character, the character of K, needs to be a um, Harrison Ford style leading man. And I think that that would kind of distract from the plot. Okay. Maybe. Um, but, but one thing on uh, Ryan Gosling before, before we move on. And now I, I saw this on a, a really large screen and you saw it in the XD also. One thing that, that's so weird is like his, um, this sounds so terrible, but his, his eyes don't line up. It, no, they don't. Yeah, it, and it, it was like there, there's a um, the 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 now iconic famous scene with like you know the the um, uh, giant hologram towards the end, and I'm just watching him, you know, bathed in this pink and purple, and like his eyes are are like, what are you looking at? I know. I'm just like, I'm just like, 
what is wrong with this dude? I thought like his head was tilted or something. Like he was almost doing like maybe like a Michael Myers type thing for a second. I'm like, no, he's looking straight ahead. It's just does he just have a lazy eye or whatever? I don't know. It's just like it, I remember, like one of my cousins had that, and they had to have special glasses or whatever to correct it. But well, and 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 you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're we're going down a deep, scary path. But I I don't think it's actually like a lazy eye in the traditional sense. It's like literally like like his. I think maybe like his bone structure is off a little bit or something. It's oh, like, okay. I don't know. I, I'd have to look at it again, but seeing it in that large of a, a screen, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's just kind of askew. And it, uh, it kind of threw me out of the movie a little bit sometimes. Cause I'm just, because the thing with this, uh, um, all of the shots are just lingering shots. So you're, you're spending like what feels like hours just, staring at this dude's face and yeah I, I i wouldn't go so far as to say it was distracting but it was enough for me to like think about it <laughs> yeah but uh i guess another character we could talk a little yeah about. How, how do you feel about k's uh holographic waifu oh okay all right <laughs> This, this this is almost an entirely separate show because for me, um, she she was the breakout character for me. Um, I I was instantly invested, and I just I I I liked everything about uh, about Joy, and I think that um, you know good uh, good science fiction and good cyberpunk takes what is um, what we have today, what is contemporary, and pushes it even farther to see this is where we're going to go. Um, because I think that's that kind of technology is probably coming down the way. Yeah, but don't you think like it wouldn't be so jittery? Because that was distracting. See, I, I liked that. I well, really I mean, I liked it, that. It, it, I get that it's kind of part of the whole... Uh, this isn't a perfect uh, future like Star Trek. Or right. It's dirty. Yeah, because it, it would be, it, to me, it wouldn't have that tactile resonance, especially in the big scene later on in the movie. And I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, uh, talk about that in a, in a, in a bit. But um, without, like, if she was just like a solid hologram and interacted like a solid person, I don't think it would have resonated with me as much because I think I appreciated the limitations. Okay. Um, like, you know, like when when we first meet her, you know, she can only exist on this on this rotating arm track thing that it takes a while for you to realize that it's like. Oh, when she's in the the kitchen, it's a displaced voice. It's not until the actuator arm activates and the hologram could be projected that you actually yeah. see her. And then later on, at um, when it progresses to the um, uh, to the 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 iPhone thing, um, and and I just I really liked that um, the um, that like you could mostly see through her but not always like if she's like next to like a um a light source on the wall or merging with a prostitute right and well actually you know i i, I said we were going to talk about that later but we may as well since yeah. since we're here um that's quite frankly another aspect of uh cyberpunk is kind of you know uh, incorporating sexy time with your with your robots and um for me 
I, um, that, the scene was mesmerizing. I, I, I was, I was mesmerized and, uh, totally invested and probably one of the most intensely erotic scenes I've seen in a movie in a in a long time. I mean, to because and and not from the perspective of you know ooh boobies or you know nudity, but the the depth of the intimacy that they portrayed, I I bought into all of it. Okay, and I I don't know for for me that and that really played and. It, um, <laughs> um, we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, technology. Um, this is a movie for anyone who's ever wanted to fuck their phone. I mean, think about it. That's, that's well, exactly no, I, what it is. He well, gets, to, he gets to fuck. Actually, no, it's not. He gets to fuck his phone. His phone wants to fuck him. Well, does it? Cause we later learned that, uh, well, after, uh, the hologram gives K a name, uh-huh. uh huh. Joe, I think it was. Yep. yep. He later sees the promotional hologram. It's like you look like a Joe. He's like, oh, it's it's all a program. Yeah. See, the and, robot doesn't care. And, I mean, or not the robot. The hologram doesn't care. Right. And and to me that that was that was heartbreaking. That and it was it was even I think even more heartbreaking than when uh, the you know I, I I don't know if you could say the character gets killed off. I don't know if that that counts, but. Well, it sort of does. I yeah, mean, I mean, because I mean, basically, all of the all of the data for that, it would be again like if, if somebody steps on your phone, you know, all, you killed that phone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all your pictures are gone and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, and 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 that played as well. It's like I I actually like felt that I was like oh holy shit you know especially like when she's like cut off when when uh when uh, the the other lady's boot lands on the on the on the device yeah. and I again I I I think um uh what was her name uh, Anna de Aramas or something like that I, I see it on the screen and I you know I've been I've been trying to figure out the pronunciation and I still can't quite get it but anyway for me she she was far and away the breakout. Um, I, I really enjoyed her performances. She's gorgeous. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. That she was definitely the better of the characters in that movie. Mm-hmm. But that I don't know, like Kay and uh, what's face the the corporate dude, old Blindy. Oh, uh, yeah, Jared Leto. Well, I'm trying to remember the character name. Oh, oh Wallace. Uh, uh, Wallace. Yeah, uh, Neander Wallace or yeah. something like that. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean. I, and and I think that this is the type of movie that it's about the characters. And if you can't invest with the characters, then it's going to fall flat. And I think from what I'm hearing, that that's kind of where you're at. It's like it didn't it didn't quite click with you because I don't I don't think you wanted to go on this adventure with with these particular characters. Well, it wasn't just the characters. There's just some aspects of the story that when, at first it's like, okay, this is dumb. And then when you think about, it, it's like, uh-huh. oh, this is. This is short bus stupid. Ah, okay. Well, the big one, for example, is, yeah, uh, yeah. is uh, the, the movie tries to be ambiguous about Deckard being a replicant. It's like, or when Wallace is interviewing him, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're a replicant. Uh, uh, Tyrell made you so that you can meet up with uh, Rachel mm-hmm. and have a robot baby. It's like, okay, that make, I'll, I'll explain why that makes no sense to be in a second, but okay. it's like, 
or are you something else? It's like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> but then when you think about it, no, the movie confirms that Deckard is a robot. Because the, oh, uh, the whole... World tell me more. The, the, the whole ro- replicants making babies is supposed to break the world. Yeah. It only works, or it only breaks the world if it's replicants fucking replicants and making a baby. If it's humans and replicants, there's a simple solution. You just segregate the replicants. Right. So the only way for this to be a threat mm-hmm. is if Deckard was a replicant like Rachel. See, and... At least that's my inter- uh, the way I'm looking at it. You know, I, I also really hadn't thought about it enough. I think I think where I landed on it is I'm still... It doesn't matter. Um... Because I, I like Ridley Scott himself. I think I would prefer. No, whoa! I, I stepped into that. I, I'm, I'm team Deckard is human, not Deckard is a replicant. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I, I, I totally screwed the pooch on that and said that Ted that totally backwards. Yeah, I, I think I'm almost positive that uh, uh, Scott's like the only person from the original movie that was like Deckard's a robot. That's correct. Yeah. Like, Ford was like no. He's like no. The writer's like no. That's stupid. Yeah. Even the author of. Uh, do androids dream of dream of electric sheep is like no Deckard's a human yeah yeah and yeah, I think that works but uh see and I I would have to I would have to think on that because um um I felt that for as much exposition as there was that was the one thing that they did kind of leave um ambiguous and what I mean by that is that they I don't know if they explicitly said, you know, or like done something to show well, like robot innards or something like that, you know, for, for as ex- exposition heavy as, as the movie has been. Cause, cause you were absolutely right at, at the top, you know, I mean, this movie does kind of grab you by the wrist and tell you where to go. Yeah. So, but, uh, but back to what I was yeah. or mentioned about, uh, Tyrell making Deckard a replicant mm-hmm. to later fuck Rachel or is it Rachel? Yeah. 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 It's been a I'll admit it's been a while since I saw the original. Okay, and I'm also bad with names. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that that, that seems convoluted in of itself. Because like, why would uh, Tyrell make Deckard uh, a Blade Runner mm-hmm. that would hopefully later meet Rachel? Why not just make them uh, a married couple? Because Rachel already had false memories. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just out, out of the box. And also, why 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 did why would Tyrell need to make or want replicants having babies. Yeah. I mean, I get why Wallace does, because apparently he's not able to make more factories. Right. Because that's the only reason you... Cause that's the only thing I can think of is, like, why why not make... If you need more replicants, why not just make more factories? Yeah, and, and um, you know, his thing is, like, he needs more replicants so that they can spread and go further out into the stars, presumably to these unnamed off-world colonies that they keep talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it, it's muddy. And But what I do like is that they kind of um, throw... Um, little callbacks like like for example when when they visited uh edward james almost in the in the old folks home i know i thought that was depressing it's like that's where he is yeah and but but then he throws that line about you know something in his eyes mm-hmm. you know it's like oh well you know i just i knew he was going to take you know something in his eyes you know obviously a direct reference to that scene in some of the cuts of uh of the movie where like you see like the 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 flash in his I, eyes I, of the I, of I, the robot stuff well 
for Rachel, I think that was intentional. But with her Deckard, uh-huh. from my understanding, that was just a production mistake. Yeah, like that almost nobody caught. Yeah, like even the audience was like, oh. Or didn't even notice it. Yeah, well, I mean that—that's—that's that's the thing you get with with a uh, thirty years worth of overanalyzing and deep dives on it. But yeah, and and like you said, it was depressing. But in a way, this sounds terrible. But I kind of I kind of dug that. It's like you know there there's no happy endings for any of these people. It's 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 bleak. This movie is bleak as hell, and it's uh and. Again, I well, think it would have to be the 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 original was bleak and depressing. Yeah, and and this pushes it that much further, you know. Uh, um, and I kind of like that. I think I think it's consistent with the world, and it's you know, um, if you're gonna do dystopia, do it right. And and I think I think this does that quite well, actually. I don't know. I, it it didn't seem like the. It did seem to disp- uh, like a dystopia, but it didn't seem like mm-hmm. a, a didn't seem as dis- like one as a dystopia as uh, the novel. Have you, okay. ever read, have you ever read the Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I have not. It's really, really like mm-hmm. world's gone to hell. Like okay, basically everyone that can has left Earth. That, uh, oh, okay. But and it kind of alludes to that in the, this movie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they, if I'm remembering correctly. The original Blade Runner had like some ads like "Go Off World" or something like that. Yeah, that, that's the thing. There's like this blimp vehicle thing, and there's a giant banner on the oh, the Off World colonies, and yeah. Um, but but I'm comparing this to like more recent movies, like a uh, uh, Fury Road, for example, that mm-hmm. seemed more like a dystopia or a, like a really bad dystopia than yeah. Blade Runner. I agree because well, at least, at least that's what I look for in dystopia movies where it's like yeah. it's horrible. Gotcha. Like the living conditions is like god awful. It's like oh this sucks. Yeah. See, whereas the people in Blade Runner are you know getting by. You know, yeah. it's it, it it the 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 world is habitable, whereas the world of Fury Road is barely habitable. The uh the the technology is antiquated and all that. I mean, at least you know these these people have like flying cars and ray guns and and all all that other yeah, stuff. Like so. The world's- Clearly progressing because yeah. the original movie didn't have uh, holograms or anything like that, right? And there, I don't think there was any drones. Nah, no, and and I think that that's um, you know informed by where we're at now. You know, in 2017, technologically, mm-hmm. because you know, I mean, let's not forget that the world of Blade Runner is supposed to take place in 2019. So we we still got two more years to get uh, flying cars yeah, and we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And 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 philosophizing robots <laughs> and and all all of that other stuff. So just give it a minute. So in a in a weird way, the world of 2049 almost feels uh, like like a reasonable future. Um, uh, more so than, uh, or as much as the far flung future of 2019 felt back in 1982. Okay. If that, if that makes sense, that was a long way to go to get there. <laughs> oh, uh, moving along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of the score? Loved it. Loved it. And it, so I, I used the word immersive earlier. Um, and I think the score is one of the one of those hallmarks. It, it felt like a warm blanket 
for for you know it's just like it's like i'm already visually in this world and then with um not just the the score but also the um uh the the sound engineering as well like um like i i really dug the sound of the uh, blaster pistol you know the the thump thump. You know, like the like the sound it would make, like yeah. when he would fire it off. You know, just like a lot of the, like the the sound engineering and foley choices, I just really really dug. Uh, it, I just don't remember it. And it might be just because I haven't seen the movie in a few weeks. Uh huh. But it's just like it's kind of the same issue I had with the score for uh, Force Awakens or Jurassic World. It's like yeah. there, there's nothing, there's no catchy tune. Whereas like the original Blade Runners, like I can't remember it, all of it, but there, okay. there's some parts of the movie like the saxophone when uh, oh. Decker's trying to get it on with Rachel or the sure. uh, or the uh the closing credits like, I I can remember that pretty mm-hmm. well well, and let's talk about the score a little bit because okay, so the the original Blade Runner was scored by Evangelis, yeah, and it's very you know very iconic, and I think you're right that you know there there are some memorable melodies. Whereas, um, and I knew I should have written it down because I knew I wouldn't remember, but um, but there's a uh, the the composer that. Uh, works with uh, um, Denis Villeneuve, the the director. He was attached at the pri- uh, yeah uh, uh, Johan Johansson. That's who it was. Um, he was he works with Villeneuve on all of his other movies like like Prisoner, Sicario, and um, Arrival. Okay, he was going to do this movie, but then something happened, and huh. nobody knows what happened. And then you bring in Hans Zimmer, and I think Hans Zimmer is a, um, he's a really good contemporary composer, and I, I say that is kind of a slur, actually, because what exactly what you're saying about um, uh, the score being unmemorable, Hans Zimmer is the dude that does, like, all of the DC movies. You know, okay. it's like, so, like, like uh, you know, even, even like, the, the Nolan Batman movies were really his thing is just loud horns just turned up. And, and so yeah, so if you need a score that does that, that's just boom. I mean, you get Hans Zimmer, and I feel that what this is is kind of Hans Zimmer kind of riffing on and maybe covering a little bit um, the original Vangelis type thing. Okay, because I I I'm a hundred percent with you in that it wasn't memorable, but it was serviceable and immersive. Yeah, I mean that's fine. If it's just. For me, I want a soundtrack that I can remember. Yeah. Like, like uh, some other examples that would be like Alien and Aliens. I love those scores. Oh, yeah. And to me, Jaws is like my hands down favorite Absolutely. soundtrack. Well, and here's the thing, though. I wonder, though, if, because uh, I mentioned Hans Zimmer being a contemporary composer, I think that's just where contemporary film uh, scoring is uh, now sign of the times yeah that. yeah uh, you don't you don't get marches you don't get anthems all you get is just you know bombastic loud music i mean so all of the classics that you said i mean you you know you got you got john williams in there you've got uh james horner r.i.p um you know uh, some really classic iconic so do you think uh with you you mentioned the these com- Contemporary mm-hmm. scores being unmemorable, do you think they're going to age well? 
I, I think that they will age as well as the movies that they're in. So, like, for example, like all of these Marvel movies all have unremarkable music, but it's not unremarkable in that it's going to, in my opinion, age poorly. You know, it's like I, I, can, I can watch the Avengers and, you know, the, the, the music is as serviceable as any anything else well, well i mean like would you be able to listen to them like you would a john williams score and later on would you be hum- humming these contemporary scores like you would be humming the empire or the the imperial march absolutely not okay yeah that, and, that's and, what i was getting at yeah yeah and and i i think i think that's where we're at on that is like it's a sign of the times i think i don't think that anybody is making memorable scores anymore and i and I I don't know if I can explain why that is. Maybe it's kind of a nostalgia, a serpent eating its own tail thing. Mm-hmm. Like when we were talking about Rogue One last year, um, you know, that, that score is reminiscent of John Williams. It kind of does its own thing in spots, but it doesn't add anything new. Yeah, was, the, the, the composer for that one was also the composer for Jurassic World. And mm-hmm. the Jurassic World score, it, it borrowed some John Williams, but... And did its own stuff, and but its own stuff was kind of like it. It was, it was serviceable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's the word for it. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. It's it's serviceable. It's not it's not offensive. It, you know. It's like it's not like. Um. I mean, like there was a there was a James Bond movie. I think it was a uh, Goldeneye uh, back in like uh, uh, the nineties, and they did kind of like this like uh, techno electronic type riff on it. Oh and, yeah. And, and it's 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 wretched. And you watch it now, and it and it's because of that dated score that that makes that movie hold up even less. So I think with these these um, there's not necessarily a crime in being unmemorable because at least it's not going so far um to either side where it's detrimental yeah it just seems that i don't want to say lazy but it just seems like they're not putting in the the effort that someone Mm -hmm. like john williams has done yeah yeah i agree well and and the and maybe that's a studio thing like they've done the market tests or whatever or surveys and it's like they the audience wants this. We're going to put this in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I think that's just where scoring is nowadays. Okay. Because, I mean, even like like on television, you'll you'll have that type of thing also where, you know, the, the, the score is almost just kind of secondary. It's kind of warm milk. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the last part of my complaints was that this movie, it felt like a, uh, a blatant cash grab that was based on nostalgia. Because, like, nothing about the story felt uh, necessary. Like, okay. It didn't feel like a sequel that needed to be told, like uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Or Godfather Part Two. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Um, I do agree 100% that it was not a story that needed to be told. Um, but the telling of it doesn't necessarily offend me. Okay. I, I don't think it detracts from from uh, the previous movie, um, you know, it, it's it's take it or leave it. Like, I, and I forgot to mention this earlier when uh, uh, my wife and I saw it. She's never seen Blade Runner. Okay, and and she was you know okay with it. She's like, and and again, you know, talking about exposition, but again, it's like there was enough there for her to 
uh, keep up and to you know stay informed. But it was funny though when the movie ended. The the first thing she says, it's like you know right after you know fade to black, you know directed by Denis Villeneuve. She's like, I was not nearly high enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing she said. That that was her hot take on that. Um, but what I where I do disagree with you a bit is that um, with a lot of these nostalgia sequels, like the Disney Star Wars movies, or um, you know maybe the Marvel movies. I'm not sure if I if well, they, I they don't really have the nostalgia quite like Star Wars yeah. or Star Trek. Yeah, your 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 Star Treks. I I would even throw in your precious Jurassic World in there. We're uh, gonna fight about that yeah, one of these days. One of these days, we're gonna like have to go into the parking lot and just like, just just kind of roll around like children. It's like, nah, god damn it. Not who we kidding. This, this is gonna be but, a running gag. That's yeah, all. It is. I th- I think so. <laughs> I, I yeah. Um, but the thing that um, I think sets twenty forty nine apart from say Force Awakens. Uh, Rogue One, and I I can't think of another one um, aside from Jurassic World. Oh oh, you know a, any of your like you know like Alien Covenant or something like that. Where, or Fury Road or yes. or the Planet of the Ape trilogy. Well, uh, ooh, that, that that's watering down my point um, well, a bit. Uh, anyway. where, where where I was going with that um, is that see okay, I think I got it. So like on one hand you have Force Awakens and Rogue One. On the other hand you have Planet of the Apes. Fury Road, and I would put 2049 in that bin in that it doesn't um, give you all of the blatant nostalgia that you get from the Disney Star Wars movies. There, there, There's no uh, C-3PO running around. I mean... Well, uh, maybe I think we're getting a little... Our, uh, we're misunderstanding okay. here, because uh, what, what I, I should clarify, what I mean by uh-huh. blatant nostalgia cash grab, I don't mean like uh, with... Uh, like with Jurassic World or uh, Force Awakens, where mm-hmm. you have all these mo- little moments of, hey, remember those movies from 30 years ago? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, it's like, hey, nostalgia is the big thing. What can we find oh. to make a sequel to? That, that's what I meant. You know what? I, I and I, I I apologize. I did kind of miss that point. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't clear. So but... no, I I I think you're right. Because um, I think that's that's also the era that we're living in. We're we're dusting off anything. I mean, I mean, how long are we from a Thundar the Barbarian movie, or you know, like another Masters of the Universe reboot? Or <laughs> I'd pay to see that. I would. I I, I actually kind of don't dislike that movie, <laughs> the the Dolph Lundgren one. <laughs> it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine, but but I digress. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you that I think it is on that wave of. Uh, uh, dusting off uh, nostalgia things, and instead of doing direct sequels, it's like, no, let let's see what this world is like thirty years later. You know, um, and I, for me at least, I I don't mind that style of sequel. No, it it, it works when it works. Mm-hmm. Like a obviously, Force Awakens, Jurassic World worked because they were record setters in block in the box office, right? But this one, if it. it Love it or hate it, it failed. Yeah, so let I, I want to get into that for for. Well, I do a, have numbers. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, yeah. So yeah, start with start with the numbers, and then we'll. well um, uh, and this is all from box office bojo. So if they're incorrect, uh, be sure to correct us. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. got a budget versus box office domestic. Oh, here we go. Okay. So for the original Blade Runner, it was a twenty-eight million budget, thirty-two point eight mil 
uh, returns in domestic. So it had like a 20 some odd percent increase for. Okay. Our, 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 our re- return on budget, yeah. basically. 2049, 150 mil uh, domestic box office, 82.8 as of uh, mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week when I checked. So it's, it's still in theaters. Yeah. But it's about 40 some odd loss. Yeah, and and that checks out. And and the thing about the the but, but to be fair okay. though, uh, the foreign market is saving it from being a absolute uh, money failure. Oh, it gotcha. has gotten a uh, twenty two point or two hundred twenty four point five million. Wow! So it, it is making its money back. It's okay. just domestically horrible. So so let's let's uh, um, talk about that first. First, though, um, the budget was what 150 million for 2049. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, I I see every penny of it on the screen. No, yeah, you, you can mean, tell it, like it's all, all that CGI. It clearly costs money, right? It's not, it's not like the old days where you can get a handful of guys and they'll build you a set, right? Know, which, which bums me the hell out, to be honest. Well, I think though, I, I I would wonder, I I would be anxious to see some kind of making of documentary on this because like a lot of it is practical, and I'm not sure where one ends and the other begins. Like like a, like a lot of the hologram stuff is isn't a hundred percent CG. Like 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 the uh, the giant thing with uh, with yeah, joy the, at the I end. The giant one was uh, that that's practical. Uh, yeah, but the others I'm not totally sure on. But right. That's where we do the making of documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would be. I mean, because I mean, obviously those cars are very real. They're they're tactile. You, you could touch them. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of similar to Force Awakens, where it's like you know every one of those X wings is, is real. You know, I mean, you can you can see that there are people getting in and out of these spaceships. Um, but but the thing I, I wanted to ask then, we know that that uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a um, uh, box office failure, much like the original Blade Runner. It's kind of yeah. following in the same footsteps. Why? Uh, well, that kind of reasons, brings up a uh-huh. uh, one of the questions I brought up was or wrote down was like, are audiences too lazy for twenty forty nine? Because that that was a headline of a oh. story that I saw when I was doing a Google search. Um, I. Are our audiences too lazy? I, I don't know if I can answer that in a binary yes or no, because one of the things that we've been talking about during the show is how exposition heavy it is and how really it's it's not really a thinker. I don't think it is. It it, it has some heady philosophy, but it's it, you can you can follow the plot very easily. It's it's yeah. not convoluted no it's not but i i think uh this goes back to the nostalgia cash grab aspect okay. is that blade runner it doesn't have the pull that star wars has or jurassic park or Pla- right. even planet of the apes right blade runner is a true cult classic right it was pan it, it, it was panned when it came out yeah and it, it grew its audience through uh home video totally whereas with this audiences oh audiences on, hate it well, I mean, i'm sorry yeah audiences aren't showing up but the critics love it this is a critical darling well if i remember uh for take rotten tomatoes for what it's worth but yeah but the uh audience rating is it's in the 80s really so it's not huh. it's not panned by uh either side that much so okay this this kind of makes sense because the the critics love it and the people that have seen it 
mostly like it. Yeah. So 80% that that kind of accounts for like, you know, like there's for every, you know, um uh eight of me, there's two of you. Yeah, so. you know, that that kind of thing. But but there aren't enough of either of us that actually went to go see it to yeah. to have a have an opinion one way yeah, or the other. I think it just goes to that Blade Runner just doesn't have the brand recognition. Nah. So, so it was I don't want to say it was doomed to fail, but it was just like couldn't really expect it to be a runaway hit. Yeah, that that's the thing. And um to that I would also say that runtime. That runtime, man. I well, mean it's Well did you know? It was orig- the one of the cuts that they had was four hours. I just I read <laughs> that that was in the same article I read um about the it failing in China. Yeah, they they had a work print version that was four hours and they split it into two viewings. Um and at that point the the editor i think it was realized that it's actually kind of two movies because basically you have um k kind of um going on this you know of uh, of uh, detective mystery type thing then he fucks his phone and then we're off on a totally different movie. I mean, like Harrison Ford doesn't show up for one hour and forty minutes. Yeah, into he was this all th- over the advertising. Yeah, and you know what? I for me, I had no problem with that because I mean, I, and that's one of the things we differ on is like I I was with Kay on this on on you know I'm I'm following him and seeing this world through his point of view. So I was cool with that, and like at that point. If we hadn't met Harrison Ford when we did, I think that's when I would have started getting bored. It's like it's like he showed up at just the right time. And I wonder, is this two movies? I, I wonder if it would play better as two movies. I, 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 I don't really know. Well, the I, director has said that he's not going to do a director's cut. Nope. But I'm sure if their studio pushes hard enough, we'll probably get something. Yeah, maybe. Um, or at least deleted scenes. Possibly. And and yeah, and I wonder, is this a movie that's going to find its audience on home video? Maybe. Because like, OK, like uh, I we talked about uh, uh, way at the, the beginning that I personally don't necessarily do long movies like, um, you know, I, I probably watch The Godfather or Godfather 2 maybe like once every 10 years. And it's always like on a lazy Sunday. Okay. It, it's like one of those things where we throw it on and like, you know, we, we like, you know, cook a roast or do a spaghetti or, or something that, that that's like there's like some kind of uh, all day activity to where this movie can just kind of be on and you can do other so it sounds stuff. like a Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah, kind of. Exactly. Uh, in fact, I think the last time we watched Godfather Part Two was over Thanksgiving. We, you know, it's yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. And I wonder if this uh, if Blade Runner 2049 might fit into that category where and, and I wonder are um, the stoners showing up for this? You know, it's like I I. I, I wonder if the visuals are um, deep and impressive enough to where, like, you know, you'd almost get maybe. I mean, because it's not it's not psychedelic, yeah. Uh, from that from that aspect, but it is immersive and atmospheric. You know, I mean, again, I just I I really enjoyed the the um, just the vastness. And the emptiness of a lot of those shots, like where, you know, like uh, uh, when Kay's in Vegas and he's just standing in this orange desert and it's just like him 
and like a broken statue and nothing else. Okay. I, I love those kind of shots. And, and you know, we, we talked about Fury Road a lot. That that's one of the things I liked about that as well. I I, I think for like a, a widescreen big movie theater cinematic experience, I think I like vast emptiness. I think I think it just looks cool on, on a big screen like that. Well when you mentioned that then then would it be harder to be it find its audience on home video because you're not getting that cinematic experience? That's that's the excellent question and and I'm not I'm not sure. And and really who is this movie for? Is is it for civilians? Is it for nerds? Because, like you said, Blade Runner doesn't have the pool that, say, Star Wars does. I get the impression that this was uh, mostly intended for the core fans, but it was very much a studio's like, "Hey, nostalgia's hot." Yeah, that's the impression I get. Yeah, interesting. And yeah, just I, I, um. I mean, one of the things that I did like, and this is a little off topic, but I didn't want to lose it, is like it doesn't have the quantity of member berries as a lot of the other. Uh, no, nostal- no, it did. no, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, and, and the ones that are there are very subtle. Like I mean, one of them got shot in the face, and it was hilarious. Oh my god! Right? Oh, we we haven't even talked about that. Let's, oh, oh, the uh, Rachel Hall. Uh, yeah, the the. Oh, yeah, let's. Let's yeah, real quick. yeah. Let's let's mention that because one of the things that that I think all of us were, if not critical, at least somewhat mm, torn about, was the computer generated characters in uh, in Rogue One. Yeah, and you get um, this for me at least. This is that style done right because well, it didn't for me at least. It didn't outlast its welcome. Well, I, th- I think what made it that one work. Mm-hmm. More than say Leia in Rogue One, yeah, it was the lighting. Yes, Leia, it was shining on her. Oh man, and she looked and she came off as plastic. <laughs> Whereas in uh, twenty forty nine, Rachel is in a very dimly lit uh-huh. room. It actually a good comparison would be uh, go rewatch Jurassic Park and compare uh-huh. the CGI T Rex in the uh, the night attack when it mm-hmm. escapes, and compare mm-hmm. that to when it attacks the Velociraptors at the end of the movie. One's more blatantly CGI. Well, I don't want to say. Yeah, one's more obvious than the other. Good point. So, so yeah. So, like a little bit of darkness could can help. Lighting it. is everything. Ah, good point. And and it was very warmly lit and all that. And um, yeah, I, I don't know that that uh that that line tugged at me where where like Harrison Ford turns her eyes were green her eyes were green and I'm just like oh buddy and and that's what I mean about the performances it's like you know Harrison Ford is selling the shit out of that I mean I I felt that where was he where was that Harrison Ford in uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull see because he had the responsibility of carrying that movie where whereas here he just has to show up and do his part yeah. I I don't know. I mean, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, when, yeah. When Rachel sorry. got shot in the face. My my friend literally laughed out loud. Yeah, and I was like, that was kind of funny. Well, and I think that's ooh. You know, if we want to get super deep and up our own asses about this, that could be interpreted as a shot against um, nostalgia culture. You know, it's like you you take kind of that your CG your precious CG Peter Cushing, and you 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 just waste the fucker right in the face. I don't think the movie's that smart. I don't think so either. I I literally just stumbled upon that, but it's like, but but you can interpret that if you chose to. Well, it, 
it'd be like interpreting the T-Rex smashing the Spinosaurus skeleton in Jurassic World as mm-hmm. a smash against Jurassic Park 3, but I don't think the movie was that smart. I don't think it was that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love it, but I'll admit it wasn't, it wasn't Jurassic Park. Right. Still a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, that's you know, we've made this running joke. I don't dislike Jurassic World. I think it's just taking shots at each other. That's I the whole point. So, I think so. Um, so yeah, so uh, so um, you you got some other stuff on your list? Well, this one was just because I found it absolutely hilarious. Okay, was the uh, opening weekend China numbers? Twenty forty nine. It made about, let's say seven point five uh, million. Okay. Ghost in the Shell uh-huh. with Scarlett Johansson, twenty one point four million. Oh, get the fuck out of here! You serious? Ghost in the Shell did better in China than Blade Runner. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and as much as I enjoyed Ghost in the Shell, I'll admit that was not a. It was a. It was a Resident Evil movie. Yeah, it, it totally. It's not. It's not great, but but goddamn. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, what does that say about the Chinese audience? I don't. I don't. Well, it's, I would say the same, it says the same thing about American audiences when it comes to summer blockbusters. Yeah, we just want big and dumb. Sure, or we just want to go to a movie, be entertained for two hours. Yeah. So, and and, and is that? The, I mean, we were ruminating on the question of why earlier. It's like, is Blade Runner twenty forty nine not big and dumb enough? You know, it's like, do you need some explosions and some robots and 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 less lingering shots on people staring out windows and well, things like wants, that? If it wants to be a runaway success like uh, Force Awakens and Jurassic World, then yeah, you kind of need to dumb it down a little. But, yeah. But those smart movies, they have their place. They, they're just not uh, as viable. Yeah. See, and and to, to um, kind of put some of my thoughts in a, in a nutshell. I don't think that 2049 is an incredibly smart movie. No. Um but it's an immersive movie. It's an atmospheric movie. It's it's an experience. Well, you say that, but that leads into uh something that I've been seeing from he- at least headlines and some reviews mm-hmm. I've read. Is this best sequel ever? Does it outclass the original? Cuz I've been seeing a lot of that. Oh, see Okay, well, uh, if given the choice, I would watch 2049 again over watching Blade Runner. Okay. Uh, but that's just me. I'm in a weird minority because, again, I don't especially care for Blade Runner. Um, I, I still think it's too slow. Um, I might want to check it out just to, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe watch the final cut just to confirm that I have because <laughs> I don't think I have. But, um, but yeah, no, and I, I don't have that nostalgia for, for Blade Runner. I yeah. I don't think this is the best sequel ever. It's no Empire Strikes Back. It's no Aliens. It's no Godfather Part Two. It's I mean, no T two. It's no. no. Ma- it's no Road Warrior. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's not it's not even in in that category. I I don't think. I mean, it's it's serviceable. It's fine. Um, it just seems weird that they're pushing or critics are pushing that idea that it's one of the best sequels ever, or and some are saying like it's better than the original and. That, Personally, I don't think it's better than the original because okay. it, it it's it doesn't have the same feel as the original. It, it, Correct. Whereas, say, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. it feels like a Star Wars movie. Yes. Or or same with the T two to ex- some extent. To some extent, because T two was way more action oriented to me. Totally. Well, and it's also kind of the difference between Alien and Aliens too. You know, it's like well, I mean, that, they that occupy raises, the same world, that, but well, that raises another thing. A- ah, Alien and Aliens, totally different movies. Right. But 
but yet sequel. They they come but, in that same box a- set. So yeah, yeah, but Aliens is like considered one of the better sequels out there, mm-hmm. uh, or at least up there with the the its predecessor. And it and Aliens was a, totally a hit. Yeah, I mean, how many? Almost every Dark Horse comic that that they <laughs> do for for the Alien series, it has the Aliens logo, not the Alien logo, not the right. Alien Three logo. Aliens, right, right. Because I mean that that's and, and, that's what sells. And same with the the video games. Mm-hmm. It's aliens mostly. Right. Not not necessarily alien, except for isolation, which is great by the way. If you haven't played it, play it. Ah, but, very good. But yeah, it's like, what did twenty forty nine do wrong? You know, uh, or at least in this uh, short term box office uh, theatrical release. Because who knows? Maybe it will become a hit on uh, home release. I wonder if if it's a, a release date. You know, maybe it just came out at the wrong time. From what I read, October or this October was a bad October for movies. Like, yeah, like it, I think it's like five hundred million the movies made, whereas these last few years, yeah, it's 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 either been seven million or, mm-hmm. or seven hundred million, I should say, or six hundred million at the low end. Yeah, I, I think it's like this has been the lowest October since like two, almost a decade. I'd have to relook at it. Wow, yeah. Up, but it's, it's been a long while since it's, there was a bad October like uh, this year. Well, and, and this year in general for box office has been not great. I mean, like if, you're, if your movie isn't called Wonder Woman or Guardians of the Galaxy, you're, you're not doing so hot. No. Um, you know, yeah, it's, I, 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 again, I don't have the numbers, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's been lowest box office like across the board in like a long time. Um, and I mean, I mean, that, that's a whole nother discussion about, you know, why aren't audiences showing up? But I think to that extent, why aren't they showing up for this specifically? And, you know, I, I, I think it's the runtime. If, if, if you asked me point blank, Mike, name one thing, I'd say the runtime. I'm trying to think of other movies that had, uh, either three hours or close to three hour time mm. lengths, like. Were the Lord of the Rings movies that long? Because I can't remember. Longer, I think. Well, I mean, like the theatrical cut, not the uh, extended DVDs. See, I mean, I I might be mistaken, but I want to say that those are three plus and, and theatrical those, cut. I because like and those the, movies did pretty well. Yeah. See, yeah, that that's a good point. And oh, <laughs> see, I I'm uh, I'm I'm contradicting myself because those uh, Michael Bay Transformers movies. Are long as fuck, and I want to say like are the they? fourth one or something like that is probably almost as long as Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's like it, it's something like a hundred and fifty minutes or something like Damn. that. I mean, they, they they are long movies that never end, and it is all just robot carnage. For well, maybe that's why those ones are so successful because you're getting nonstop action, whereas twenty forty nine you're taking rest. Yeah, I mean, and. and yeah, and and I keep saying it. It's like for me, it, it was just it was the, it was the experience of living in the world. Like you know, again, like th- there wasn't like a lot of huge explosions or, I mean, like the the most potent special effects were in the subtle character nuances and st- stuff that served the plot, served the characters, things like that. Yeah. And it wasn't just loud and dumb, um, but. I don't know if that means that this is, you know, too quote unquote smart. Cause I mean, I, I hate labels like that where it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're too dumb to enjoy a movie. You know, that's, I, 
I, I, Rick and Morty. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, I get, I get super bristly about stuff like that. It's like, you don't get, no, if you think about it, you're the one that doesn't get it, jackass. Now, honestly, how, how, how many Rick and Morty fans have to actually look up the jokes to understand them? That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like um, uh, uh, needing a thesaurus to understand bad religion r- lyrics. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I think... Um, I don't know. I um I think at this point we should probably think about wrapping it up. But yeah, well, yeah, we, we were. I think we said everything that needs to be said. I think so. Were Were there any um um uh, last thoughts or any like uh, uh characters that that we didn't really uh, talk about or any particular moments or anything? Um, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, the bad replicant. Yeah, see, we went all, this entire show without talking about love, the uh, the the yeah. henchman. I I again, my my perspective is that everybody is acting their ass off in this. Even Jared Leto, I I mean, Jared Leto's character didn't really resonate with me, and I think he's very overrated as an actor. Quit trying to make Jared Leto happen; it's not going to happen. But for that role that he was doing, he was servicing it. And I, I, anyway, she, uh, um, uh, I, uh, I need glasses. God, I can't see. <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that looks foreign and exotic. But yes, love. <laughs> but, but I, I, I enjoyed her character as much as I enjoyed the Joy character. Yeah. I think I, I thought she was a great number two. Um, yeah, you know, Joy and love, they're probably the two characters that I enjoyed the most out of, mm-hmm. which Kind of bums me out a little because I, I should love Deckard. I love it for the most part. I love Deckard in the original. Yeah, but it's just like it is what it is. Yeah, he was just and, and it was funny. I I um one of the things that did make me chuckle was uh in the fight at the end where like uh, uh Deckard is handcuffed in the car and and all that and I was like oh so Harrison Ford's contribution to this is sitting around. He's literally sitting through that entire action sequence, and it's like, yep, that's that's eighty year old Harrison Ford right there, just just uh, you know, because he probably read the script and it's like, mm, could you make him sit down? <laughs> Deckard be tired. Well, that, I imagine that's what uh, Indy Five is going to be. Yeah. Well, ah, I, I don't want whole other get, thing. Yeah, I don't want to get back into it. Um, um, but also, um, uh, Robin Wright as the as the uh, lieutenant. Um, I I liked her in that role because you know she was kind of like this this. Um, I I couldn't tell whose side she was on because at one point she she spends a good chunk of the movie giving Kay the shit the whole time, and well, he's just a skin job. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that and 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 she makes that very clear. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, the lieutenant, super racist. Um, and and it was weird. Like, okay, so there's the scene in the um, the apartment. She shows up to his apartment, drinks all of his booze, and and she's like, "Well, what would happen if uh, you know if I drink all this?" And and he's just looking at her like, mm, "Okay, whatever." I mean, did I read this wrong? In that, like, if she, like, kept drinking, she was going to try to fuck him? I think that's you. I don't... I didn't get that impression. I don't know. For some reason, that that was what landed on me. Because, you know, she was almost... You know, kind of like that that depressed drunk type of thing. It's like, you know, oh, I, I'm going to keep drinking and make some bad decisions. I, I'm going to I'm fuck the skin job. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was... She, she wants some skin job, baby. Yeah. 
God damn it. Um, yeah, so uh, um, and and we talked we talked about Batista a little bit. Um, that dude can act when he wants to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, say what you will about about whatever, but it, I I was it really kind of impressed me where he's doing a character that's not Drax and actually having some gravity to it. Again, I think the dialogue kind of let him down a little bit where it's like, you know, he says like four times, oh, you haven't witnessed a miracle and all that. But I kind of liked that he was, you know, kind of quiet and subdued. And I, I don't know. I just I just really, really dug that. Yeah. I, I wasn't particularly offended by Batista or whatever. It was, he was fine. Do you think he's an okay actor? I've only seen him in that, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh-huh. and WWE. Right. And so, like, I mean, like, he was in a James Bond movie and was completely wasted. He, he was... Was he, he? Yeah, he was in uh, Spectre, the, the most recent one. He, he was the henchman dude. And, like, he has, like, three lines and then gets kicked out of a moving train by, by, by Bond. I, mean, I guess that says very, a lot about that movie, then, because I don't remember him in it at all. Yeah, even, he's, with, even with you describing it, I don't remember. He, he's completely unmemorable. Like, and he has like this gimmick where he has like like um, like metal tipped thumbnails or something like that. At one point, he like pushes the dude's eyes into oh, his head. Oh, he's the, trying to be Jaws, but with thumbnails. Exactly. Yeah, and it just it just doesn't work. God, yeah. I, hate, I hate that movie, <laughs> Spectre. And, and I and I'm a James Bond fan, and I think that's why I didn't like it. But that's well, to be fair, those. Nothing against Daniel Craig, but that era of Bond is not particularly great. Yeah, uh, we'll have to agree to disagree a little bit. I love Casino Royale. I, that, that's a good one. I'll admit that, but it's just compared to like Sean Connery oh, era. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh, Roger Moore. It's just yeah, hundred percent with you on that. It, actually, it, it just doesn't hit the bar. I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at. Um, but yeah, so so ironically enough, we we end on a James Bond relate. But yeah, no, um, I I would watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine again, but I don't know if I would encourage my friends to do that. Yeah. You, you know, what I mean, it's like I w- if you hadn't seen it, I don't know if I would go to you and say, Killing Spree, you need to watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'm in the same boat because I know some pe- I have some friends that are big on Blade Runner, like the original, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but at the same time, like I kind of want to warn you. It's like, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Whereas I, I think um, it, it, it also functions as a standalone. You know, because I, I think it gives you enough, yeah. and and and, that, and that's where I think it kind of flies in the face of that best sequel ever type of thing. And I think for a good sequel, it needs to be intrinsically linked to whatever it's a sequel of, and. If it, if it's a good standalone, then that might not make it the best sequel. Like I mean, like Terminator Two is one of the best sequels out there, but you need at least a, kind of a rudimentary understanding of the story of the Terminator. Yeah. Well, T well, two gives you enough. Yeah. And same with like a uh, Aliens or Empire. It mm-hmm. gives you enough. Yeah. That, that you don't have to necessarily watch what came before it. Good point. And you know what? Maybe that point I made is just total bullshit. Well, there's some movies that's like, why are you watching the sequel first? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like for example, I, I'm a Star Trek guy, and Wrath of Khan is one of my favorite movies. That's Star Trek II. Yeah. It has almost nothing to do with the, the first movie. I mean, th- there's, like, no connective tissue there whatsoever. 
Well, so doesn't that work for Star Trek though? Because it was originally a an episodic TV show. Yeah, that that that's a good point. That's a good point. It's it's not like uh, the Planet of the Apes movies where, mm-hmm. where where it's like you're not if you're watching one of the sequels first, you're kind of almost in the dark. Totally. 